welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets You got any idea how much blood jets out of a guy's neck? You've come back to us, Michael. Stop the rain. The living dead. The cursed city. Where the gates of hell it is, it gives the dead the appearance of life. Oh, it is not the appearance of life, it is life. This is not magic, as you say. I am a scientist. We'll tear your soul apart. <laughs> Get me back my head! Get me back my head! Don't be afraid. No. Be afraid. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Retro Blood as we continue our Hellfire Month. Here on the Retro Blood, we have gotten out of the S&M uh, uh, hooked-filled Hellraiser Hell that we were in for two episodes, and we have now entered Dunwich. We have we have explored the town of Dunwich. We are we are seeing. Living, dead, demons don't call me zombies here on the Retro Blood because we are continuing the Hellfire Month and we're getting into some Italian horror because we are doing City of the Living Dead. Jay Allison, James Klein, what's happening, Allison? How you feeling about this uh, City of the Living Dead? This is like right up your alley. It is right up my alley. Um, I mean, I'm feeling good about it. I mean, we're uh, kind of living under this heat dome right now, so... Uh, it feels like we're like right on top of the gates of hell, but because it's hot as hell out here right now. But we um, we are making it through. We're talking about good movies, um, and uh, for the rest of the month, we'll be talking about good movies too. So yeah. be, this will be fun. Yeah, definitely. Have you um, have you ever been to the town of Dunwich? Am I saying the town right, Dunwich? So so it's funny. So that's I don't know if you if you notice this, but in the movie they say it two different ways. Okay. Um, so like it's so like a town in England with a W like that would a lot of times it would be said like Dunwich without with, where you can't hear the W. Mm. But then you know it, it's it's based on um, um, uh, uh, sorry it left me H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft had a Dunwich Dunwich uh, town that he used a lot, which is a which is a fake town. So it's not it's a fictional town as far as I know. Nice. Um, but um, it uh, but it's weird because in some parts of this movie they say Dunwich and some parts they say Dunwich. But we'll say Dunwich because that's how I always say it. Maybe it's when it, maybe it's when they had the American dubs. <laughs> and parts well, of may, maybe yeah, maybe because I always wonder in these Italian movies, like especially in, in this, well, you know, in a lot of these movies, but like a lot of the things they say and the way they say things, I'm just wondering if the translation is, uh accurate <laughs> yes not maybe not accurate but maybe it would if you if you understood italian maybe it would make it would be not as weird as it is hey yeah that's possible but uh we do have a lot to talk about when it comes to city of the living dead one of it is being our history segment because we always like mm -hmm. to start off the retro blood see what's happening in the meadow and the pro wrestling on every episode so uh, you know so this movie was uh well, 
well, like we were kind of talking before on the air, it's kind of disputed when this movie was actually released in the United States. But for this show's purpose, we're going to be using the release date of May 1st, 1983. So we're back in a very interesting point of the 80s. Three years into the 80s. And uh, it's going strong. Uh, so let's start off with a little, little bit of pro wrestling that I found here. Um, so it looks like during this particular time that Crockett was doing like a little house show loop. And they were, mm-hmm. of course, to go into our stopping grounds of North Carolina, which they probably did a ton of. <laughs> They're in pretty much almost their hometown of like Greensboro, North Carolina, because I know they've been out there a lot. And they also stopped by the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. So the main event um, for the Greensboro show is going to be Greg Valentine. He was defending his NWA United States Championship against Rowdy Piper. So, and then, no, actually it was Rowdy Piper defending his United States Championship, sorry, against Greg Valentine. And Greg Valentine actually beat Piper on the show to win the title in Greensboro, North Carolina. Nice. So, Good for Valentine. And we talked about Greg, uh, Greg Valentine and Rowdy Piper before here on the show. Obviously, we went over that Starcade match where they had the dog collar match, the first ever Starcade match. Uh, obviously, one of the most um, recognized match in pro wrestling history. And these guys always had really good chemistry, so that definitely would have been a pretty fun match to see, especially because there was a belt on the line. Yeah, exactly. You know, you always and gotta, uh, go ahead. I'm wondering who the I'm wondering who the heel was in this. I'm guessing that it was Valentine, but I could be wrong. I think so too because I. So Piper's kind of weird. Like he he was one of those guys who can go like babyface and heel like all the time. Because mm-hmm. I know he was a, a heel. I think he was in a Memphis Memphis when he was a big heel, and then like in in Crockett he was like both like a, a heel a little bit, and then he turned into a babyface. But then when he went to the F. He was definitely a heel for a long periods of time. So the other show we have, uh, not, like I said, not a whole lot going on during this particular month, but we do have some pretty good matches. So at the Omni, if we were traveling to the Omni in Atlanta, we have a match between Tony Atlas. He defeated NWA World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair by the lovely... Disqualification. Disqualification, buddy. <laughs> Tony Atlas versus Ric Flair. That's one of those matches where you could definitely see that Ric Flair was probably carrying him the whole time. But, you know, Tony Atlas, um, big dude, big jacked up dude. Uh, I think his most uh, claim to fame is being in a tag team at Rocky Johnson. So, you got any good Tony Atlas stories for this, for us, Allison? Yeah, kind of. Well, kind of. Um, this doesn't exist anymore. Um, I think they wiped this from the memory, from the from existence but uh do you remember um when the wwe network first came out they used to have a show that was similar to like what table of three is now yeah. and it was just like a round table show and they were all sitting around talking about it yes I love and that show. um yeah and and i don't think they exist anymore and there's one that has tony atlas teddy long a moderator and somebody else another african-american wrestler um talking about Crockett and um, Ric Flair and the four horsemen. And he was, they were basically, and this was like shocking to me because I wouldn't, I did not, I would not, I did not expect to hear that, but like he tells this story about Ric Flair and Teddy Long tells a story too about Ric Flair calling him the N word. 
Have you oh, ever yeah. heard the story? Yeah, I heard about it. Well, I heard about it. Tell the audience. And then, but basically, like, he, like, Tony Alice said, you know, he's like, yeah, Ric Flair would call you the N-word to your face. And he's like, and it, and it, and it kind of shot me because, you know, you think of, okay, it's a Southern promotion. There's probably a lot of racists, but like the racists were like the Midwestern guys, apparently. Yeah, that is shocking. Um, but, um, but, but yeah, like, and he would be, you know, and Teddy Long was talking about how Flair was basically just saying, told, I'm trying to remember exactly what he said to him because I'm just bringing this up at the top of my head. But, you know, he was, he was saying that, um, um, like he would say like, Hey, N word, do you want to keep your job? And then he would like threaten his job all the time. And, and, uh, he would threaten to get Atlas fired and call him the N word all the time. And that was like really shocking. That's the only to- that Charlie, uh, the Charlie, that's the only Tony Atlas story I have though. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty shocking, especially nowadays and especially everything else like hitting up Ric Flair. It's surprising. That's never been like put out there. But you know, you never know yeah. in this day and age. But you can still find those. Uh, I think it's called Legends of Wrestling. And it's actually yeah. on Peacock they, right now. But I definitely recommend anybody who are hasn't they still seen on it. There? Yeah, wow. okay. yeah, they still have it on there. It's called Legend okay. of Wrestling. It's basically like Allison was saying. It's like kind of like their new style of Table of Three. But I think this one's better. Um, we got a bunch of wrestlers yeah, talking. It's, it's you, much more raw. Yeah, it's much more raw. Usually have like Jr. is really good on there too. Um, he has a really good Buff Bagwell story <laughs> on there. So it is this this that reminds me of what um wrestling podcast will become. Uh, these wrestlers telling very interesting stories and stuff about the history and everything. So it's very yeah. very fun. The only Tony Atlas story I have, which <laughs> is the one that uh, CM Punk tells all the time. So apparently, when CM Punk, I think he was like the ECW champion. Okay, so he goes down to uh, Florida Championship Wrestling just to help out the the talent while he was like working on ECW. And he was working down there, and he was like, you know, Tony Atlas was like a guest trainer down at, at the the champion, Florida Championship Wrestling. And uh, Punk was working out with some of the people and everything, and then they start listening to, you know, Tony Atlas talk. And apparently, you know, Punk was like, <clears throat> not really like paying attention too much to him, kind of doing his own thing. And then um, Tony Atlas like, was like, hey, hey, young man, how come you're not listening to this and stuff? You know, well, what's your gimmick and everything? And Punk was kind of going along with it. It's like, oh, I do this. And he's all like, he's like, I wrap my hand in tape and everything. He's like, why do you wrap your hands up in tape and everything? Like, they look like a mummy. You, it, looks like you're, it looks like your hands are like broken and stuff. That's never going to get over. You're never going to get over. How you th- how you expect to get to the main roster? Yet he's like the ECW champion right now on TV. So that's the only funny uh, Tony Atlas story that I have <laughs> of him not watching the product, but yet schooling all these kids on it. So... Well, he's just he's just concerned about in ring work. He doesn't care about the TV product. He's not yeah. working on that. He's just trying to get these kids to yeah. these kids who probably aren't wrestlers to uh, figure out how to be professional wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, it's putting on them. So the next match we have, well, you know, I'm gonna I guess this is going from the top to the bottom, which which is cool. Uh, Tommy Rich and Paul Orndorff they defeated Killer Brooks and Larry Zabisco. So not a bad little tag team match. No. Uh, speaking of the guy who probably used the the that n word a lot, uh, Dick Murdoch, uh, he defeated uh, Boy, Buzz Sawyer by count out. I now, heard, why do we think that? I mean, why do you? Why do, I mean, why do you think Dick Murdoch would have used the n word? Well, because I was listening to the JR podcast, and apparently our boy Dick Murdoch had a, a Ku Klux Klan card. Okay, well then uh, maybe would have them. Okay, so you yeah. have information I didn't have. Yes. All right. I have the backs. I have the uh, the knowledge that I did not expect when he was talking about that story. I was like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> yes. 
See, we, we're breaking all kinds of shit on the Retro Blood. That's what we yeah, do. We're yeah, breaking all kind of 80s news. <laughs> <laughs> so we have uh, Ronnie Garvin. He defeated Iron Sheik. That would have been an interesting fucking match. Yeah, that would be Ronnie good. Garvin versus Iron Sheik. Wow. Mm. That'd be really, that'd be actually kind of cool. <laughs> to be honest yeah, I wonder that. if he, I wonder if Ronnie broke out of the camel clutch or if he just knocked uh, Iron Sheik out with his hands. I bet the shots, I bet the like the, the punches, everything were really good in that match. Mm. Yeah. So check out this weird team Matt Bourne and Arn Anderson defeated Tito Santana and Brian Blair. Mm. So uh, that seems a little thrown together. Like yeah. they just had those four guys and didn't know what to do with them. So here's two guys. I have no idea who they are. Ray Candy. That has to be a fake name. Ray Candy. Like eye candy? (laughs) Ray Candy. He defeated Chick Donovan. This sounds like like NXT names. No, Chip Donovan is a real wrestler. I've heard of that guy. Um, Hold on. Let me bring up Chip Donovan. He's a real wrestler. Yeah, I think I heard of it. It just, Just the name sounds funny. Chip Donovan. Um, but Ray Ray Candy. Yeah, Ray um, Candy. I don't know. I don't know who Ray Candy is. Um, Ray Candy. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, Chip Donovan was um, basically in WCW or what became WCW, and then he was in the AWA for a while. But I don't know. I don't know Ray Candy. That must be a. I wonder if that's a jobber. Well, he defeated Chick Donovan. Oh, Ray Candy. Mm, I wonder if that's no, the big boss man. No, it's not. Um, Ray Candy um, is. Um, that was Ray Trailer. He, yeah, Ray Trailer was big boss. And Ray Candy is an American, as an African American wrestler. Um, yeah, I've never seen this guy wrestle. He wrestled in all Japan and Jim Crockett, mm-hmm. and in, and in uh, Puerto Rico. Um, he was, uh, oh, he was, um, Kareem Muhammad. He formed a tag team with Akeem as the tag team, the Zambui Express. Oh, okay. There you go. And he was also part of Skandar Akbar's Devastation Incorporated. Okay. Um, he trained New Jack, apparently. Oh, well, there you go. Huh. Claim the fame right there. So, yeah. I mean, I've never seen New Jack, like, use an actual wrestling move, but. He was trained by Ray Candy. Well, he has the famous uh, devastating hold in wrestling, the cookie sheet. The cookie sheet, yes, yes. and the throw you off the scaffold. Yes. <laughs> so we have uh, Bob Rope defeated Joe Lightfoot. You got okay. any good Bob Rope stories? <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't, I don't know who Bob, Bob Rope with a P? Yeah. Eh? Probably some, probably some dude, know. journeyman wrestler, just doing his thing, getting his money. Could be, yeah. But, Could you know, kind of... Go ahead. Kind of light a little bit here on, on say, the pro it, wrestling. <laughs> yeah, it was a wrestling month. I think the uh, April month would have maybe been a little better. But, yeah. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty light. I have no Bob Rope stories. I mean, uh, some of those cards sound pretty good. You know, the, the main events sound pretty good. You know, anytime you got Ric Flair in the main event, you're definitely going to be getting a good match. Anytime yeah. you get like Roddy Piper and any of those guys in there, you know, it's going to be well worth your ticket. Uh, you know, just some of the undercard guys, you know, just like every wrestling match, you know, some of the undercard guys, you just got to start them off a little bit. Then you try to go higher in the card, you get more of the stars. So, about. Was that the, 
Is that the whole card? That's the whole card, yeah. That's it. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that would have been... I mean, if I'd gone to that, I would have been happy. Yeah. yeah Especially yeah, when you got halfway through. Yeah, exactly. I would say this is a pretty good one. Pretty good show, show in Atlanta. So, but um, let's get into some of the music because I know our boy Allison on here is going to talk a lot about what I found in the music. So, apparently... So this movie, you know, May 1st, 1983. This album didn't drop May 1st, 1983. It did 15 days after that. And this is one that we actually saw a little glimpse of this on the new season of Stranger Things for a second. This is the Iron Maiden Peace of Mind album. Oh, yeah. Dropped May sixteenth, nineteen eighty three. Jeez, I wonder if we have anybody on this podcast that knows anything about this band Iron Maiden. This is music, man. This is like <laughs> Iron Maiden is, dude. Like Iron Maiden is so good. They're like my, they're one of, they're a top five band for me for sure. Peace of Mind is one of my favorite Iron Maiden albums. It has the Trooper on it. This album's nearly perfect. So th- this is like. uh what they're they're already pretty much like one two three this is like their fourth album deep Mm -hmm. and huh and yeah i mean this is definitely probably when they're like really good they're like you know getting their strive going everybody's kind of like really getting onto them and knowing who they are so and this is actually one of like probably like one of their most popular albums i would say too yeah for sure they um we're starting to get really big at this point. Like they weren't opening for other bands anymore. Well, number of the beast was the album before this and that got them pretty big. You know, they were headlining all over the world, but in fairly small places. I mean, they were still playing small arenas at that point in theaters, but then with peace of mind, they were like a full arena band. And then with their next album, which was power slave, they got gigantic. They were huge at that point. They were huge everywhere in the world. Um, but yeah, the peace of mind. I mean, that album is so it's so good. It's 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 nearly perfect. Every song on it is good. I mean, it's it's really rare to find any more, especially like albums like that where every song is just fantastic. And I can't understate how or overstate how good this album is. If you like metal at all, then you should you should listen to this because it it is it's perfect. Yes. Couple of things about this CD, um, <clears throat> is album two. So, about nine songs, and it's about forty six minutes for the whole album, which is a really good time to do like a whole album, whole track, and everything. Uh, the Easter egg part about this album was, you know, this is the album. This is the cassette and Stranger Things, where when that character Eddie said, "This is music." This is the album that he was showing, which is pretty funny. Oh yeah. So yes, and he's right. Yes, he's Eddie right. is right. Yes, he is always right. So we got I'm a couple basically of, Eddie. Yeah, pretty much. Just like we did. The, like how we gave that little hint on the Facebook. Everybody who follows the Facebook would have got the hint. But yeah. anyway, here we go. So where I'm just going to go some of the tracks. So where Eagles Dare. Oh, yes. All right. So we Steve got Steve Harris, that song. Great, great album. Great song. We have uh, Revelations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flight of, what does that say? Flight of Icarus. Flight of Icarus. Okay. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Die with your boots on. Yeah. The Trooper. And that's just the first side right there. That's, that's just, just the, the first side. That's just the first side, brother. Then we yeah. got The Trooper, Steel Life, Quest for Fire, Sun and Steel, and To Tame a Land. Yeah, that's so good. The Tame a Land is about Dune. It's based on the book Dune. Oh, okay. Um, that's awesome. 
Yeah, it's it's so this album is so good. Um, it's it, it it might be I mean it, it might be the best album they ever made. On honestly, um, overall, I mean I, I'm a huge fan of Power Slave, but this album is is absolutely perfect. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean you can definitely see a lot of bands, um, you know, really hit their stride, especially in their fourth album. So definitely a definitely a fun one to check out but yeah we'd definitely be rocking this up in the trans am uh we probably already seen oh, yeah. city of the living dead but this this album would get us even pumped to see yeah. some more of it might so, even see it again yeah exactly so yeah definitely to fun. try to figure out what happened at the end of the movie <laughs> yeah exactly yes to figure it all out <clears throat> so let's uh so that you know we got a couple things in history happening during this time you know we got a little bit of wrestling show we got a we got a hot album that's about to be legendary dropping on us you know we're watching some fucking demons come up from the grave and our boy bob trying to get some so you know we got we got we got some stuff going on in may you know this is also be if this was real time this would also be around my birthday as well too i was negative two years old during this time so there you go are you are you ready to, to talk a little bit about the history this movie oh yeah i am definitely ready i am definitely ready for this so um i i feel like um you know i kind of drug you along with this but you made me watch leprechaun so uh, yeah but anything is anything is fair at this point <laughs> so basically um you know this is directed by lucio fulci who is known for making gory films um but mostly he's known for that because of the movie he made before this and the, the movie the two movies he's going to make after this one so these four movies in a row are like the most probably the most gory movies that he made but um so he he was coming off making this movie because zombie 2 which here we know it as zombie and um he kind of made all of these movies almost at the same time like it's really unbelievable how fast they worked on movies so, by comparison, between 1979 and 1983, he made nine movies. Wow. Made and released nine movies. So, he made, you know, he made Zombie 2, which came out in 79, and then in 80, he made Contraband, and then he left Contraband to make City of the Living Dead. So, this movie was supposed to be kind of... Um, based on, like, an H.P. Lovecraft... It's not based on an H.P. Lovecraft story but it's based on the kind of concepts that H.P. Lovecraft wrote about where there's like this other world and there's these things that live in the world that are older and more powerful than anything on our world. And they were, they were there long before we were there and they'll be long. They'll be here long after we're gone. Um, so he made this because um, he, um, so when he made zombie two, which is supposed to be a sequel to Dawn of the Dead, but we'll talk about that one day. Um, he, it was supposed to be like a comic book type movie. Like it was supposed to be not funny, but it was supposed to be intended to be when you watched it that, it, that he thought the audience would laugh at it. He thought the audience would laugh at the zombies and not be scared of them, but it terrified people. So he's like, well, he's like, and it did really well. So he's like, so let's go in that direction. Let's make a real horror film. So then he made these three movies right in a row. So he made see the living dead, the beyond and house of the cemetery. So see the living dead is it was supposed to be based on um, the Salem witch trials. Originally um, it was going to be about um, 
like the like not ghosts, but like the haunted like land where these witches were killed, even though um that wasn't really historically accurate. And I mean he knew that, but I mean it's just a movie. But um but yeah, it's supposed to be based on Salem, but instead of when they changed it, when they did the HP Lovecraft stuff, they changed it from Salem to Dunwich, which is like a like I said before, uh HP Lovecraft. I mean, yeah, an HP Lovecraft city name. Um but yeah, so there is also more history that we'll probably talk about near the end of it, which will make more sense at the time. But um, it was written by our um, Dardano uh, Sacchetti, who was a guy that worked with Fulci a lot. Um, but yeah, these these three movies are considered a trilogy, the Gates of Hell trilogy. And the first two, I think, are masterpieces. Like the one we're talking about today and the one we're going to talk about next week, I think are both masterpieces. House with a Cemetery is not quite as good, but it's still good. <clears throat> yeah, it's very interesting to uh, to see it back to back. Now, you know, as a person who i never seen any of these trilogies before, this is my first time watching this movie. Are they all linked together? Or are they all just like only different? thematically? Okay. They're only linked by the idea that there's a gate, there's a gate to hell that they, that somebody opens up by accident. Gotcha. Gotcha. Sounds pretty fun. Yeah. It looks like that, that zombie two movie grossed over 1.5 billion in Italy. So that's mm-hmm. definitely a success, especially for a uh, horror movie during this particular yeah. time. Um, also, this movie was shot near, part of it was shot near Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. So not too far from where we, where we are, but it was, you can actually go to that church, uh, the one at, at the very beginning where they're in the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, you can actually visit that still. The church is still there. Um, the cemetery is still there. Um, obviously, a lot of the stones were fake. Um, but you know, the, the cemetery is still there and you can visit it. So, so, and like in the movie, I think it's kind of implied that it's in New York state somewhere, or like maybe in new England, cause you know, it was supposed to be Salem, Massachusetts originally. So, but it's obviously within driving distance of the New York city scenes, but it was actually filmed in Georgia. Interestingly <clears> enough. So check out, this is kind of funny. So the shooting scheduled allowed for shooting on locations in New York city. And six mm-hmm. weeks in Savannah, Georgia, like you were saying. Yeah. As well as two weeks in Rome for the special, for some of the special effects. So the decision to shoot in Savannah was, um, was, um, was put in place by the film's low budget, particularly due to the avoid the conflict with the unions regarding the importance of most of the film's cast and crew. So this, mm-hmm. is, this part's a little funny. The special effects scene, including the scene where the cast is attacked by maggots, Viva two wind machines and a 10, 10 kilograms of maggots. Yeah. To surprise Fulci, one crew member took some of the maggots and placed them in his pipe tobacco, which Fulci only learned about after a few puffs of what he was smoking angrily, uh, him and mentally. And then uh, Fulci would later apologize that this incident led to his future illness as he underwent heart surgery in 1985, suffering a... a Vincular uh, uh, aneurysm contracted mm. viral hepatitis and developed creanosis of the liver. Yeah. He, um, yeah, because he, and the special effects, I figured we'd talk about those when they actually happened in the movie, but right. um, especially the other big scene. But like, yeah, that, that scene where the maggots are flying in their faces, those are, those are mostly real maggots. Wow. Um, that they were just like, shooting into their faces yeah pretty crazy stuff 
So that's pretty crazy. Did that, did that really happen? Like, so him smoking that maggot really gave him all his health problems, or that's just what he was no, saying? No, I don't. I, that's what he. He, that's what he said, but I don't think that really happened. I mean, I think it really happened, but I don't think that made him sick. Yeah, interesting. But I'm a, I'm not a doctor, so I don't I don't know what happens when you smoke maggots. But my advice to the kids out there is don't smoke maggots. Yeah, don't make that a new thing. Yeah, don't make that a new thing. <laughs> that would be something. <clears throat> well, anyway, let's get into the full review of City. Let's do it. Of the Living Dead, also known. We didn't as talk Gates about Hell. as as yes. Well, it's also um. Fear in the City of the Living Dead. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's all, so instead of City of the Living Dead, it's Fear in the City. So we have a couple a couple of different yeah. titles. Yeah, I never them. knew this movie under any other name. It's so Gates of Hell until maybe 10 years ago yeah. or 10 or 15 years ago. That, that's what it was called it was every time I'd seen it when I was like a kid up until now. Well, there you go. Well, let's get into it, everybody. Saints Day, a demanding, implacable enemy whose search for blood is never satiated. Oh, 
All right, so we start off. We hear some, uh, we hear some Italian '80s music. We're in a graveyard. So I don't know if it's you, but every time I watch some of these Italian films and I hear some of their music, it sounds like The Grateful Dead to me. That is weird. I would not, I would not think that at all. But it's a, it's this is a Fabio Fritti score, so it's all mostly keyboards and like. Like I think it sounds like some of it sounds like Pink Floyd kind of. Yeah, I can see. I Pink love Floyd. this kind of. I love this like. Yeah. Synthy Italian. I love Italian horror scores, but that's like that's another big thing that I like. All those Goblin soundtracks and these Freaky yeah. soundtracks are all fantastic. Yes, they're definitely good. Like they definitely got the music stuff on on point there. So we have a priest guy. He's kind of wandering around this graveyard. So there's a grave that he's uh, looking at. Or we see a, a bunch of them. And this actually comes into play with a lot of the movie. So, the grave. <clears throat> this is what is put on this grave site. Somebody has paid a lot of money for this. The soul that pines for eternity shall outspawn death. You dwellers of the twilight void come do which. Yeah, isn't that great? That's what I want on my tombstone. Yeah, if I die right. before you, which is almost certain to happen, I want you to put that on my tombstone. I like how there's no like name or nothing or the year and shit. No, it's just that <laughs> on the tombstone. Like, yeah, we, who is this supposed to be? Well, that was like Bob. No, no, no. That was uh, Steven. But, you know, he didn't fucking want to put this. He just wanted to this quote he wanted to do. Because <laughs> originally I wondered if that would maybe a real tombstone that somehow that he'd found, but. And I was like, I wonder if it's still there. But if it was still there, there's no way it'd be there now. Somebody was stolen it by now, for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. So now we have uh, a summoning session. And I was having flashbacks to Allison's birthday <laughs> for a second here. This is better than Allison's birthday. This was better. This was a lot better. Their summoning session was a lot better. I'll give them that. They're like, yes, I'm here. I see. I see it. And then, like, then I guess the the main girl, she she, we have a bunch of them screaming. They're all saying like, you know, we're, we're about to see it. It's in there. And then we have um, we have some uh, we have some scenes where one of the girls who's doing the uh, the, the summoning sees the priest hang himself, and he starts to freak out that he that he hanged himself on there. And she is pretty much having convulsions uh, when this is happening, when she sees himself hanging herself and the girl's name is mary so mary mm. is freaking tripping out we have some 70s hippie music <laughs> uh going on over here um and then before she starts to like freak out and stuff she's like i see it i see the the city of the dead the city of the uh, the living dead so we get the movie title uh uh She's like, don't, don't. And then the, the main girl is trying to like have her like stay onto it. Don't break it. Don't break it. Then she eventually gra- breaks it. And we keep a couple of scenes back and forth from the grave. And now Barry's dead. And they're all like, no. So then we see um, the, we got a couple of cops over there and every, everything. And people are taking uh, the hospital, you know, taking her away, taking Mary's bodies away. Yes. Uh, and then we have a detective over here. So we have this detective and he is, you know, kind of going over their story, what they told him. <laughs> and of course he's not believing it. Um, he goes, it goes to each one of them. You know, what, what happened here? Tell me the true story. You're just saying that she, 
you guys were doing this uh, seance and she just passed out from the seance. He's like, I don't believe that. Where are the drugs at? Where did you step in the toilet? That's what he was. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, that's what you would expect, um, you know, a detective from around this time to think, you know, like the drugs are in the toilet and she overdosed. Yes. And then, uh, <laughs> so like he goes up to the, uh, the main girl. Um, I don't know if they gave her name, but she was like the, like the main seance girl. And he's like, I knew you, you're some sort of like genie girl who, who does a bunch of stuff. And then this is when she goes on the whole story. She's like, listen, have you ever heard of the book of Enoch's? And the guy's like, yeah, I know. I was like, you know, that fucking, I would have been like, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I know that book. That thing was written like 4,000 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So at this point, I'm just like, yeah. So, I mean, I love this movie and we're going to laugh about a lot of it. It's still a great serious horror movie, but like, he's like, like, yeah. So the, the detective, so your typical New York city detective is going to know about the book of Enoch that was written 4,000 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. He he probably learned it during one of his lullabies when he was a kid. (laughs) Mom was like, Hey, you know, we got this, uh, we got this, uh, uh, care, uh, uh, care bear story you can read, or we got the book of Enoch. Which one do you want? Okay. So it didn't just, uh, you know, he's, he, he's going on saying like that book is just like you know fantasy and all this shit and he's just like no no I I know it's the book to be true somebody must have read it and then I know who the real killer is and then right when she says that flames come up alright and then the, the cop so so there's something I want to touch on and maybe mm-hmm. you can explain this to me too Allison so you know very early 70s films and then very early 80s films always had one kind of thing in common i always thought it was very fascinating so you know even with the very like dark type of movies or like dark subject type of movies we always had to have one thing in common a goofy dumb cop did you notice yeah, that they always yeah to- i mean that's a i think that's a typical movie thing like i used to think it was american movies but a lot of movies have the goofy cop I feel like I feel like the seventies and going into early eighties did it like way more. Like, you know, like they had they had to be like Dukes of Hazard type of cops. <laughs> okay, in this fucking thing. None none has uh, none has crazy, in my opinion, than Last House on the Left, which maybe we'll do that one day in one of the lights out episodes. But it's just weird to see like a very serious subject matter. We have at least a goofy cop. Now this detective guy wasn't goofy, but the cop that he brought along, he was definitely goofy. He's the yeah. one that saw the fire. He's all like, I saw fire just come up. And of course, the detective guy is like, okay, who's living downstairs? You guys playing a prank? He's like, nobody's lived downstairs since we've been here. <laughs> he's like, some shit's going on. And then he's like going on like, like, you know, <clears throat> you know, like, I don't, we don't believe this. We got to search more stuff into what's happening over here. But we also kind of never visit this this again. So yeah, like the cops, the cops really have nothing to do with the rest of yeah, this movie. Yeah, which is weird too. Because, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, because then we had the main uh, uh, seance girl saying like, okay, well, you know, basically what happened is what's going on right now is somewhere mm. out there in one of these cities, the gates of hell have been open and it's about right. to be very bad. And of course, the cops like, okay, whatever, I'm out of here. <laughs> And the whole point of this move, of this scene is to tell us that, right? So yes. that, that we know that the gates of hell have been opened. Yes. So this part is low-key one of my favorite parts of the movie. Okay? So we have a creepy the house. scene? No, no. 
Oh, no, we're not there yet. Okay. We're at the house. It's very windy. We see the character Bob. He is walking around this creepy house. He's looking around. He's like, first of all, we're thinking, okay, we got Bob. We got this character. We, we find out his name is Bob. But we have this, you know, we yes. have this young teenager guy. Kind of looks like he's on meth. He's walking around. Okay, what do you think he's going to find? Okay, he might find some drugs. Maybe some liquor. <laughs> you know, maybe some Monopoly set. No, this motherfucker, he brings out a blow-up doll. I was like, okay. oh, shit. But, <laughs> yeah, buddy. but it's not presented that way, though. It's, it's actually even worse than that. So, like, I'd forgotten about that scene. Like, I hadn't seen this movie in a long time, and I'd forgotten about it. And um, so he, he reaches into, he's walking around this kind of abandoned house and he sees like the rotten possum on the ground or whatever. Um, and then he's like, picks up, he reaches in the fireplace and picks up like a face. And I'm like, oh, he found a mask. And then he throws the, the uh, throws it into the, onto the floor. And then it, it fully inflates to like yes. blow up doll all full size. So I don't have a lot of experience with this, but I'm sure you do. So I'm going to ask you a question, yes. James, is that how blow up dolls work? Um, uh, do you just throw them down and they 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 fully uh, uh, inflate or I, I think so. Yeah. I thought you had to inflate them with something. Well, see, okay, so I got my friend a blow up doll one time, for but it was a small one, and that's all I had mm-hmm. to do was like throw that thing and it fucking just popped. Okay. So I think there are blow up dolls you can just throw at throw out the wall or something and it just fucking come together. And they and they just inflate. now okay. now so I don't want I you, knew to, you would know now you know in this podcast we explain the details. He did not just. <laughs> open this fucking doll he was ready to go at it yeah he was all like listen i had to go out this fucking win i'm on meth and shit i've been fucking i hid this blow up doll this is a house of my own i'm gonna give this fucking thing the ride of its life all right and he's about to he's like caressing it and stuff getting also in there he fucking looks around he sees a dead maggot possum thing he fucking (laughs) it's like damn it now i fucking i can't I can't. Yeah, no, I, I can't it. make Dolly. I can't make Dolly <laughs> watch it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that that makes you completely lose your heart on it. Yeah. If you had rotten maggot, maggot, maggot possum. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, but, his uh, face yeah. too. He was looking happy before that. He saw that dead possum. Which, uh, yeah, but what, what we find out about Bob later makes all this make sense, though. Yes, kind of. and I have a uh, I have a story <laughs> to tell about that too when Bob dies. So I anyway, bet you do. So Peter is uh, so we meet the character Peter. So Peter is like some new newspaper guy, and he's going mm-hmm. up to the cop station to pretty much figure out what is going on with this girl just randomly dying in this apartment. He wants to know the scoop so he can write it in his paper. And the cops like, no, 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 you can't come in here. Like he, the the cop is pretty much standing his ground and stuff. And, and Peter's trying to be able, to, like, kind of like suave and kind of get past him. And the guy's like, no, nah, you got to talk to the chief and stuff. So we're seeing that Peter is kind of like, you know, he wants to get his story. He's on the hunt a lot. Uh, so now so now we have arrived at Junie's Lounge. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's right next to a packing shop. So not only can you get your, your packages mailed off by UPS, you can also grab some whiskey as you do it. Yes, absolutely. All right. Small town great. Yeah. I mean, come on now. So we meet the bartender and these two old guys. One of them who looked just like Ger- uh, uh, Jerry Briscoe. I thought that too. I was like, it looks like Ger- Jerry Briscoe. I was like, fuck. How did he make a cameo in this fucking movie? And he's <laughs> actually going to be the, uh, the the dad of a character um, coming up here too. But they're talking about like, you know, like, 
the town, how it's been acting like a little weird lately. Um, they're talking about how that priest hung himself. Like, they're like, man, that's kind of weird. Like, you see, they're pretty much acting like ever since, like, this priest hung himself, the, the town's been acting a little weird. And bam, glass shatters. And they're like, oh, that's yes. fucking weird. And then they're like, you know, the the bartender. What's up? He said, doesn't he say, like, it's probably an earthquake or something like that? Yeah, yeah. He's like, it. yeah, it's like it's some sort of earthquake or whatever like that. <laughs> and then they're like, eh, yeah, they're kind of blowing it off. And then, you know, they kept talking about this stuff. And then the wall starts cracking open. And then one guy's like, oh, fucking, I'm out of here now. And, it's, and, then the, and then the bartender's like, oh, fuck, you know what? They're going to be losing customers this way. Fucking, uh, he thinks it's whoever set up his bar that did it. They didn't do enough job on the wall. Yeah, so. like the whole, like the wall breaks in two. And then the first thing he says is, I'm losing customers because of this. Yes. And the two guys, the customers was Ross and Mike. Ross was mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the Gerald Briscoe looking guy. So this is when we meet uh, our new character, and her name is Sandra, and th- she's talking about uh, incest with her brother. No, 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 sorry. She's talking about incest with her dad, and she was all like, "Well, yeah. Doesn't every ten-year-old want to marry their father?" <laughs> I was like, "I, I hope not." <laughs> that makes me think that that's that's one of those things that makes me think that maybe the translation for this is not as good as it could be. Maybe she. But they read that on the sc- they read it on the script. It was supposed to be like, okay, well, you're sp- okay in the script. You're supposed to love your dad. Oh, what do you mean by live? I'm like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, okay. So, and she's also going on like, well, yeah, my dr- my dad was also a drunk and he left. So maybe that's why I have boy issues. It's always like men's fault and stuff. So. You know, and she's talking to uh, she's talking to her therapist, Jerry. Fucking Jerry, this motherfucker. So Jerry is like the therapist guy, and he's you know he's going on saying like this is just some deep issues you have, and you know it's figured out. And then bam, all of a sudden, out of out of nowhere, just interrupts this fucking session stuff. Is Emily? She just walks right in this thing, and Emily like shows up. And then she just shows up and says, like, oh, I can't make our sessions today. I have to go see Bob. And Jerry's all like, oh, you, you can't make your session. At first, I thought Jerry and fucking Emily were getting it on or something, or how friendly they were. But no, they're apparently just, I guess they all three of them knew each other. I guess, like, Sandra was cool with this girl interrupting her session. Um, So they're talking a little bit. And then they're talking about... um. You know, a little bit of how strange Bob is. He's kind of a strange person. You know, he kind of keeps to himself. And they didn't they didn't mention the blow-up doll. Maybe they didn't know about that part. Yeah, he's, that's a secret probably. Yes. And then um, <laughs> and then they're going on where they got, oh, yeah, by the way, guys, I don't believe this town is all weird and stuff because you know, I know there's been a bunch of weird stuff happening. But, you know, just because this town was a old Salem witch uh, trial spot where they killed a bunch of witches and stuff. Doesn't mean anything bad's going to happen here. Not at all. Yes. So we get the whole... Everything's fine. Everything's so we, fine here. Yes. Yeah, so we get the whole history of Doomwitch, of how it's some <laughs> sort of like fucking uh, uh, Salem witch trial burial ground and where they burned up a bunch of witches and did a bunch of crazy shit. But, you know, everything's cool. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so em- Emily's the one that really doesn't believe too much in the, the witch trials and stuff. So she lives now. When she leaves, uh, a cat attacks Sandra. And then Jerry and Sandra were talking about how the cat really never attacked her before. 
Uh, here's another one of my favorite scenes of this movie. So we have two gravedigger guys. Yes. And the blonde hair gravedigger guy with the stash, who I would probably mm-hmm. look very similar to if I was in 1983. I would have mm-hmm. the blonde hair. and Well, maybe. Well, I have probably like reddish blonde hair, but maybe I would dye it blonde just to look like this guy with the blonde hair and the blonde stash. He is talking about, he's telling his other gravedigger um, guy a story because he sees that the other great guy is like w- w- looking through porno magazines while he's on the job. Mm-hmm. And he goes like, hey man, you know, I've fucking uh, watched this movie and stuff about this guy who freaking just fucking humped himself and whacked himself off to death. So. Yeah, he was, uh, that guy was, uh, the blonde grave digger was in Cannibal Holocaust. He played Jack. Oh, okay, yeah, he did look familiar. Yeah, so a lot of these actors are going to be in other Italian horror movies that we're going to end up watching. Nice. Um, for example, Catriona McCall, the woman that played um, Mary, yes. is in all three of these movies that we're talking about, but she plays different characters in every one of them. Oh, that should be fun. She was pretty good, too, so that should be fun. Um, so, you know, they're talking a little bit more about this stuff, and then you know, they keep complaining about their job a little bit. Peter shows up. They're like, hey, man, get lost. What the hell are you doing over here? Um, so now they, have to, now they flip a coin, and the brown hair guy has to go into the grave and go into the hole and uh, get it ready for it to be buried. So he does all that. Newspaper guy is kind of like going around and stuff. And he sees a coffin. And this is the coffin that has Mary in it. So he's kind of yeah. writing notes on the coffin and everything. And he's just going around. And then eventually the uh, the blonde guy, you know, the, the guys are like, what are you doing around this coffin? He's like, oh, I'm just taking notes and stuff. And yeah. they're like, you know, they're like, whatever, man. So they, they lower the coffin in there. And start pouring up with dirt. And then they get like half, not even halfway through. They're like, oh, fuck. It's fucking like six o'clock. Well, we busted our butts too much. So let's get out of here now. And Peter's like, you're not going to finish it? He's like, she ain't going anywhere. <laughs> she ain't going anywhere. And then they leave. And then this is when uh, we see that Mary's actually woken up. And I thought this was pretty pretty creepy. Because, you know, there was stories before where people would like, supposedly be awakened in graves when they've already got buried. Yeah. they. I guess they used to do like a thing where they put like tubes or something. So somebody like used to get buried, like, you know, cause you know, back then, you know, sometimes they couldn't tell if somebody was like knocked out for a long time or having a coma or if they were actually dead. So maybe they would just bury them. And what they would do is I guess they would put like a little like pipe or something. So just in case they would like talk on the pipe. So make sure they're there. But yeah, I've heard stories about a bell. Yeah, maybe it's a, a bell. Story. Yeah, like they they attached a bell to something, and then they could pull the bell. Yeah, that might. Yeah, and uh, and 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 make noise. So, um, so they probably. It's, it's weird though that they didn't even check. I mean, this is not in the Middle Ages. This is 1980. Yeah. So this movie actually came out in America three years after it was made. By the way, yes. so it actually came out in 1980 in um in Italy, but um so this is 1980, and they like they they just assumed that Mary was dead. Like they didn't check or take her to the hospital or anything. No, I think they did. It just, I guess, I don't know what happened. I, 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 I well, the, it's weird though because, like, they didn't drain her blood to to put her in this coffin. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, there's no way in modern society could if you if you were truly not dead, but but the, by the time they buried you, you would definitely be dead. Well, yeah, that's why. Um, that's why I mean, kind of yeah. yeah, exactly because this is why it's kind of confusing because there's another character who dies soon and they drained yeah. her blood but she came back right. as a as a monster why is emily Ma- not mary mary yes why is mary not 
in the, the what, yeah so that little, little flower well it's because it's because the plot requires it it's, yes. it's why yes that's the same reason that the uh grave diggers quit early right because the, the plot the plot requires it yes but um but yeah one thing you'll find as we go through this show through these years that um a lot of these italian horror movies aren't really based in a whole lot of science um it's like or or uh or things that make even logical sense sometimes so you just kind of have to let some things fly with a lot of these films. Mm. We'll let it fly. So she wakes up, she starts freaking out. And news, uh, the uh, Peter is all like, that's weird. So a bunch of stuff screaming back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know, you think Peter's going to leave. He doesn't leave. And then eventually he hears her and he uh, starts, he grabs like a pitchfork and he like, break, basically breaks her out of there. Yeah, but he nearly kills her three times with the pickaxe. Yes, exactly. Like, because if you're trying to break somebody out of a coffin, you would definitely aim right to where their face would be, right? Yes, it's called uh, suspense. (laughs) When you break something out of the coffin, you have to make sure it's suspenseful. And apparently she was really in the coffin when they did that. Oh, wow. Yeah, Like, that's a real real scene. Like, I mean, they probably do with a real pickaxe, but, like, she's actually in there when it's happening. Because Fulci was pissed off because he wanted her not to blink. But every time the axe would come through, she would blink, and yes. then he would he he got pissed off at her, and then he he's like, "Well, here I'll show you how to do it." And he got in the coffin, and then he did it without blinking. He's like, "If I can do it, you can do it." So they made her do this scene over and over again until she could do it without blinking. That's wild. But uh, after this happens, now we're back. We have Peter, Mary, and the Seance Girl. And they're saying, thank God that you were there to help Mary out and stuff. And then they start going on saying, hey, by the way, uh, there's some weird stuff going on nowadays because the book of Enoch has been read. And Mary, tell him what you've seen. She's like, well, what I saw was there's a city, the city of the dead. And I saw a priest who hung himself. And the city is called Dewinch or Dewitch. Am I saying it right? Dunwich, my bad. Uh, yeah, I think it's done. Done, which is how they say it mostly. And she's just going on about you know the city and how there's gonna be like living dead there. The dead are gonna be coming up because the gates of hell are open at this city, and we basically need to get down there now. And we got to go uh, rescue this city and find it. We have to find this city, and we have to somehow close this gates of hell. And if not, they will take over. Like the gates of hell will take over and all, the, all these dead creatures will take over. So, and then, you know, Peter's kind of like on the fence a little bit about this, but he needs to, he wants to do this to see the story, I guess. So now we get back to Emily. Emily is now looking for Bob in a creepy garage. I was just like, man, this is, and then this is another weird scene. So she finds Bob and Bob is like right next to like his, I guess where he sleeps. There's just a bunch of naked pictures of girls everywhere. And I was just thinking, like, okay, it's like, is Emily, does she have, like, the hots for Bob? Or, like, what's going on here? And I guess she just maybe felt pity for the guy. And so I guess Bob's disease was he was too horny. Uh, maybe. Like, I I thought that, em- like, it doesn't specifically say this, but I thought Emily was dating the psychiatrist. Yeah, I, I kind of did, too, at the beginning. But it doesn't really say that. But I thought no. she was kind of dating the the psychiatrist, and then she had to go. And what I took out of it was like that Bob was like kind of like the bad boy of the town or whatever. 
or the weird kid or the weirdo that lives in town. Yeah. And then she's friends with him because he's the weirdo and her dad hates him, kind of. That's that's what I got out of it. That's what I took out of it. Well, anyway, she's like, hey, did you hurt yourself? And he's acting crazy. He's like looking out, freaked out and everything. He's freaked out and he runs away. And then he just runs and stuff. And she's like, wow, where, you know, where are you going? You're just running away. And then we have like this like hand with like green slime and fucking maggots and worms on it. And Emily just like stares at it. And it's going closer to her face and closer to her face. And then eventually, we put the poop worms on her face. Mm-hmm. All right? And then we also see the priest. So the priest is back. He is now some sort of demon vampire priest guy. Kind of. So this is when Jerry gets a call from Emily's dad, worried about where Emily's at. And, of course, Jerry's just blowing it off. He's like, ah, oh, she'll be okay. He's like, oh, well, there's a bunch of weird stuff happening. Ah, he should be fine, you know. She's just, oh, she'll be home any second. She's probably going to walk to the door any second. And then, of course, on his notepad, he writes, Bob. <laughs> mm, fucking Bob. Um, so we have this guy. His name is Tony. He tries to get it on with a girl. So what he did was he parked his car outside of a creepy factory. Or, or a creepy house. And the girl's like, it's like, ah. He's like, every time he's trying to get to second base, she's like, ah, I can't do this. Like, this place is creepy. He's like, oh, yeah, come on. He's fine. We take you here all the time. And she's like, okay. Then they start going out for again. She's like, I think somebody is staring through us. I just get this feeling I'm being watched. And, of course, he's like, oh, forget about it. And then, of course, he's like, okay, well, if it makes you feel better, I'll put on the headlights. So he puts on the headlights, and then we see the hanging priest just hanging out mm-hmm. there, you know, off the uh, part of the uh, building that they were near. And they start freaking out and stuff. That part looked pretty cool. And then, of course, the, the priest appears, and he gives her the stare. And then he starts staring at her a bunch. Tony's just looking on, confused. And her eyes start bleeding. And this is when we get the, the famous spill out your guts scene. Yes. So this was, this is one of my favorite scenes from any movie really, but like the whole, the, when her eye, when the blood starts running out of her eyes and down her cheeks, I, I just think that looks so cool. And then, um, uh, the, uh, then the, then she vomits up her intestines. Yes. Which is, uh, which I done very well. Very cool. Um, I'm pretty, you know, it's really cool how they actually did that effect too. And it's very different. You know, you never really see anybody vomit up their intestines and stuff. So yeah. definitely they use crazy. real intestines though. They use re- they use veal intestines for that. Yeah, um, and Fulci made her like vomit, and, like spit them out, like hold them in her mouth and spit them out over and over and over again. Probably because, just like with the maggots, it was cheaper to get real to get real intestines than it was to have a special effects department make some. Yeah, definitely, and it looks better. But, yes. So now Tony t- Tony tries to leave, uh, but the priest he actually uh, rips Tony's head out. So one of the big gimmicks you'll see a lot is the these demon-like creatures, these demon-like structure uh, creatures. They <laughs> they like to rip people's back of their heads out. Yeah, that happens a lot in the movie. Yes. So we have arrived at Dunwich. All right, Emily is dead, and we see Jerry and her dad and the cops. They're like kind of looking over the body, and of course the dad is super upset. And they want to know what's happening. 
And then, of course, the doctor around this time was like, well, you know, like, did, did Emily have any kind of, like, signs of history of heart problems or anything like that? And the dad was like, no, no, no. She's like, what happened? It's like, well, in basic terms, she got scared to death. Yep. I and, guess. Yeah. And it's like, well, I, I don't get what's happening and stuff. Then they kind of realized, well, hey, you know, she was supposed to meet with Bob. It's like, Bob, that guy, he's been fucking acting up around here all the time and stuff. And and uh, um, he even took that one girl out to the woods one time and stuff like that. He's just been weird. So now they all pretty much banning Bob for uh, possibly killing and doing a bunch of weird stuff around town. So they're kind of like putting the blame on him. Uh, and yeah, for all the dead and, mi- and missing missing kids as well too. So now we have Mary and Peter. All right. So now they're going over like you know if this city this really exists or not. Where is it? This is not the scene where they go to the church to ask for directions, right? That hasn't happened yet. Yeah, we're getting there. So this is yeah. the scene where Mary and Peter they're pretty much going over you know what's happening. Like I guess like oh, yeah. Mary she wants to eat a little bit. And then Peter's just like, well, you know, what's going on? Like, what did you actually see during this stuff? He's like, well, I saw the priest kill himself. And then that's how he opened up the gates of hell. Um, so we reiterate that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To make clear that the gates of hell are now open. Yeah. So basically, yeah, she's kind of like saying, like, I've seen these visions and this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she kind of puts the priest in. It has the, the priest is like the main person who's the one who opened up these gates of hell. Um, this is also too when we see the the family of Emily. They're crying over her grave and they drain her blood. So apparently they'll in Dune Rich they drain blood wherever Mary was. I guess they don't. They're just like fuck it. Here's yeah. the body. We're just gonna put it in the grave. Well, Mary's in New York City. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Mary died in New York City, and that's where Peter came from. That's why they're trying to get to, to Dunwich. But yeah, but they fully embalm Emily. Yes. So we also have a creepy uh, funeral guy. I guess, uh, what do you call this person? He's like the guy who dresses up all the bodies. Um, uh, is it a mortician? Isn't that what that's called? I guess, yeah. We have a mortician, and he is dressing up Emily's body and everything, and this guy looks like a little creepy. I'm pretty sure he's done a little bit extra with bodies before, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, I think that's where we're trying to get the hint out there. And this is when they're kind of looking over bodies, and they 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 noticed this one body of this one lady. It was like Mrs. Holton, and she actually died last night of the same thing, fear. So now we have some of the old guys again. They're drinking stuff, and they're talking about some of these disappearing people, and then how they saying that. Oh yeah, I bet it was like basically this Bob guy. That's because the Bob is, I guess, has been like a he's like on the subject and stuff. It's like yeah, I never liked this Bob guy too. Um, he tried to like take take a Anne out to the woods one time, and a good thing I was there to stop him. So we have um, uh, so we have one guy. Uh, so we have Frank and stuff crying over Emily's body. Um, and then of course this is when we meet Emily's brother. Her brother's name, John John. John John, yeah, exactly. Now, is that his first and first and last name, or is that his just first <laughs> first name? No, I think it's uh, I think is is it's probably just a nickname. So let's call him John John. Maybe. Have you ever been called John John in in your life? Absolutely not. Would you like Would you like to be Double J? I well, Double J sounds pretty good, but uh, no, I would not be like I would not like to be called John John. 
Okay. Are you sure not we're not watching a young Allison in the story? So I want to make sure. Just want to make sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you can be sure of that. Sure. <laughs> so they take John John out, you know, because it's upsetting. So now <laughs> I like my notes. I'm sorry, I just read my notes here. They're a little funny. Bob is outside his blow up doll's house. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's looking evil. He's walking around, and boom, he sees the dead priest hanging in front of him. And then it, then it just disappears. Oh, yeah, by the way, these demons are not normal demons. They have uh, teleportation. They could do teleportation. Yes. They're, so they're, they're kind of zombies, but not really. Yes. They're, uh, they're, they're undead-like beings. Yes. Demon-like structures, if you will. But they teleport, yeah. yes. So yeah, they, they appear te- and they disappear. Yes. So now this is, uh, Mary is now hungry now. And Peter's like, uh, he thinks this is a goose chase. You know what I mean? Like, this is just some sort of goose chase and stuff. But she just wants to grab some food. He cracks some jokes and stuff. Uh, so, and then she's like, well, we do have less than 48 hours till Saints Day. So, we got the, the clock is tick ticking over here. So, we got to hurry this up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, now they're going to be checking out some of the local cuisine around the area. So, we're back. With the the Emily's uh, funeral, we have the mortician guy kind of like t- he just takes a necklace from her. It's like okay, they ain't paying you that good here, I guess. He just takes necklaces, and we can see that it's kind of creepy. Then he goes to the uh, the old lady's um, casket, and it rips his hand. So the old lady is up, but we don't see. We just see his hand getting ripped. Yeah. So John John is upset in his room, and then eventually he sees. A dead Emily outside freaks out, tells his parents, and of course his parents are like, oh, you're just upset. It's it's okay. It's okay. You know, you'll be okay. Just go back to sleep. So we're seeing that the dead is rising now with the uh, Emily, the dead Emily, and the dead Mrs. Hulton. So, and the the zombie like structures look really good in this. Yeah, they look. Too, yeah, think. they look good. They They're definitely like really look, gross and kind of scary. Yeah, they definitely look really good. In, like uh, 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 makeup and everything is look, looks really, mm. really really good. So Bob is wandering around some sort of like smokehouse. Like it's not like I see a smokehouse where you do barbecue. It just houses that have a lot of smoke around them. Like, did you uh, see the fog in this shit? It was like fucking fog everywhere. Yeah, no, I don't think a smokehouse actually has smoke in it. Well, I guess if it makes barbecue, it does. But yeah, um, that's what I know. If a smokehouse is, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you're right. I guess that is what that is. No, think about it. But he he was not in a barbecue pit. He was just around houses that had a bunch of fog. Yes, but I was called the smoke machine houses. Yeah, because fog looks cool. Yeah, and then he goes to Sandra's house, or or we're we're led to believe that he's trying to go to Sandra's house. So, um, Jerry gets a call at night, and because we see that Sandra's she was like painting and stuff, and she's like, "You have to come here. You wouldn't believe this. It's like uh, this, this strange things is happening. I'm having a big crisis over here and stuff. You you got to be here." It's like, okay, well, what's going on? It's like, oh, I got to You got to just got to see it. I think I'm going crazy. He's like, okay, well, I'll be there in 10 minutes. All right? This is when we see Bob. He is now in a basement. And then he's like, oh, this car right here. So he just goes to sleep in this car. Because, mm. you know, obviously he's, he's, he's being chased by the priest. So he wants somewhere to go hide. And then we think yeah, he's at he's the like uh, in a garage. Place. Yeah, he's in a garage, yeah. He's in a garage-like structure. <laughs> we don't want to get sued here, Allison, okay? We don't want to get sued. It's a garage-like structure. Yes. Exactly. So... <laughs> 
I wonder if every, I hope everybody gets that, by the way. But anyway, let's go on. So Jerry shows up uh, to Sandra's house. All right. And then Sandra's like, you know, you won't believe this and stuff uh, at the door. She has a gun at the door and stuff. And then Jerry's like, well, why do you need that? Can I do, am I doing Jerry right? Am I doing him? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I think that uh, you could easily act in what is it? You could actually, you could do the voice overdubbing for. Uh, oh, I would love to. For a lot of these. I would fucking make it so sure. crazy. I'd be like, this looks so corny. Well, why do you got that gun? I mean, it's not like you're going to show me anything crazy, are you? <laughs> oh boy I would have so much fun doing these fucking voiceovers so she has a gun and then you know she, she's going on like <laughs> this. it takes like forever to show the punchline with this but basically she's going on saying like yeah I think I might be seeing things I'm crazy and stuff and I got so many problems you must think I'm crazy and she starts drinking he's like I don't think you're crazy you know you might drink a lot ha 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 but <laughs> <laughs> but so you know, I don't, think, I don't think you're that bad. <laughs> and I she's drink like, a lot. But that bad. She's like, okay, well, wait till I show you this shit. And then she's like, they go into the kitchen, and then they they see in the kitchen as that that dead Mrs. Holden, the old lady. And then uh, this is when we get. I called it the Grateful Dead music, but it's kind of like that really cool synthesized music that we get. Yeah. And they're like, oh shit, this is Mrs. Holden. She died. How did she get over here to this? I just saw her in the fucking. Uh, the the uh, funeral home. It's like we gotta figure out what to do with this thing. Is we got. She's like, no, we just gotta get this thing out of here. Like she wants to figure out how to get out of this house. I was like, okay, yeah, we'll do that first. And because like basically Jerry wanted to figure out how she got here. Sandra just wants him wants her out of here. So yeah. they go upstairs. Um, and then this is when Jerry starts. He's like, ah, oh, I probably need a drink too. So this is also too when Jerry he does another good line for us. He's like, fuck. <laughs> well, I don't believe in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> thanks, Jerry. Thanks. Thanks Thanks for contributing to that. Th- thanks, Jerry. I appreciate it. Fuck dick. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so they start hearing noises like, like this, like, growling. It's not, it kind of sounds like a tiger a little bit. Um, yeah. So I have questions about some of the animal noises. In this. Yes. How none of them are appropriate for where we are. <laughs> like, this sounds like a tiger. And then later on, we hear monkey noises. The monkey, like, yeah, you heard the monkey, monkey too? Well, yeah, like, why, are there no, why are there monkey noises in this? <laughs> there are no monkeys in Georgia or in Salem. Well, fuck. Maybe yeah. what happened was the or demon, tigers. the demon, they unleashed the zoo. Okay, the zoo <laughs> got loose. And it maybe. just so happened near the cemetery the monkey was at. <laughs> Okay, that's what yeah, happened. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. All right. So then yeah. they go back, and they're like, oh, fuck, the fucking girl left. And, of course, Jared's like, this fucking guy. He's like, well, maybe somebody just took her away. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jerry, you fucking idiot. You were just upstairs for, like, two seconds. Did you hear any fucking footsteps, you idiot? She's fucking yeah, dead. Maybe, maybe somebody fuck. just kidnapped her. Maybe fuck, they Jerry. just took her away. Fuck, why did we, why, did we, why did we, why did we hire you, Jerry? Fucking asshole! Somebody, somebody took well, her away. The well, fuck well Jerry's a problem to this whole movie. Fuck this, this guy. Fucking pissed me off this whole movie. But <laughs> I did like his one-liners though. But it's fucking dumb one-liners. So now they hear like fucking noise and shit. And this is when Sandra, she is freaking out. So if you give a freak out award, 
maybe sometimes we should do the freak out award for the podcast because Sandra is taking it. She is freaking out. Oh my God, freaking I can't take this. I can't take it. I can't take it. Jerry finally calms her down and shit. I thought he was going to slap her, but I didn't. I, I did too. I thought he was going to like slap this her. Is too, to this, is, this is too early in the 80s. If it was, this is fucking 1986 or 7, she would have got slapped quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um... And then this is like when um, they, she calms her down and everything. And um, then they start hearing like uh, like like footsteps and stuff outside, like some noises outside. Uh, and then this is when they leave because Jerry's like, listen, we're going to find Mrs. Holton if we had to check every room in this house. So they do that and then they see some dead footsteps, foot, foots behind a desk. So they go upstairs uh, and then this is like, when basically they're upstairs and they only check one room, even though he's going to check every room in the house. So they only check one room and she's like, oh, I can't sleep here. And of course, Jerry is like, oh, well, fine. you can stay at my place. <laughs> Smooth, Jerry. Smooth. Jerry. So he calms her down and everything again. Um, and this is when we see the, uh, this is when we see, <laughs> I guess like this, like the, the glass breaks and it goes against the wall and then the wall mm. starts bleeding. Yeah, and, and they're like, "It's blood. It's blood. It's human blood." Yes. So now we're at the church. All right. This is when we have uh, Mary and Peter asking this father about Dunwich, and this then we so have the, yeah. And then the father's like, "Oh, fucking Dunwich. Oh, oh sad what ha- happened over there with the uh, father, Father Thomas, hanging himself and stuff." But you know, you guys, you know, you know that you know Dunwich. That place is pretty crazy. <laughs> Yeah, he says the town was built on the ruins of Salem, a town of witches and heresy and evil. Yes. And then Peter says, "Yeah, but can you tell us how to get there?" <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and he's like, "Well, why do you want to go there?" He's like, "Oh yeah, you know, just tracking down a friend." <laughs> yeah, we're just looking for a friend who uh, lives in this town of evil. And then the priest is like, "Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh three exits out. You turn a left and do go that way. You'll be there in a second. And then they leave and they go to the town. And then he looks at him and he just leaves. Uh, so this is when we have Anne. So Anne is apparently the daughter of that guy who goes to the bar a lot that looks like Jerry Briscoe. Yeah. Uh, Ross, is that his R- name? Ross, yes. Yeah. So she is like, she she goes into like a, a wheel or something. She grabs like a, a glass bottle. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really tell what it was at first. Because, and then apparently we found out that it's weed. So apparently yeah. in 1980, they put all their weed in glass bottles. Yeah, and then she puts it in her pants. Yeah, she puts it in her pants. And then she sees that something's in his car. So she goes in the car. And she's like, oh, what are you doing here? She's like, oh, Bob's like freaking out and waking up. He's like, oh, it's just, I just need somewhere to stay and everything. She's like, oh, okay, that's cool. Hey, do you want to smoke some weed? <laughs> right here in this car yeah, in my dad's like, garage. Yeah, it's like, oh, my dad, he might be home or something. I don't know. And then Bob's like, oh, fuck, I can't, he can't find me in here. And of course, boom, fucking Ross just shows up out of nowhere. It's fucking just starts whooping fucking Bob's ass. Because, of course, you know, everybody that he was talking to his buddies and stuff got him all riled up that Bob is yeah. now like this killer. He's like kidnapping yeah. people. And now he thinks he's going to go after his daughter. So, you know, Ross has. Remember, remember what he did to. Uh, well, wait a minute. Is this the girl? Didn't they say this is the girl they took? He took into the woods? Yeah. 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 And then the dot and column. Luckily he was there. Yeah. So yeah. apparently, you know, it can show that Bob and Anna are friends. I'm not sure if he's uh, done any blow up doll action with her, but they at least uh, <laughs> smoke some weed. So they I don't do. Know, sm- they apparently smoke weed. To be yeah. honest with you, I, I, I'm still kind of concerned about this 
Bob's character, which we'll get in here in a second. And I want to go over the main mm. portion of this whole scene. So the main portion is basically Ross kicks his ass and Bob trips over like a uh, a, a drill. And yeah. then Ross takes the law into his own hands and fucking drills his motherfucker's head in. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, well, it's like a drilling lathe. So it's yes. like a uh, it's like a drill that's attached. It's on a table that moves. So yes. like you can drill holes in like metal and stuff with. He also called him a perv and a murderer. Yeah, and he said perv and murderer. Yes, and drove his fucking slowly head into the uh, to the drill. So yeah, so what? Yeah, go ahead. So I got a little problem with this. So I first, was gonna say, what are your issues with this? So okay, so we got a character Bob. Okay, mm-hmm. he his main goal in this film was to have sex with a blow up doll. So we got that correct, right? So well, what maybe no. Allison, listen, he went to the house, he went to have sex with a blow-up doll, he saw a dead possum, he got freaked out, and he got scared by a vampire priest, Yeah. okay? He ran to Emily, well, he was so freaked out that he couldn't, he was like, listen, Emily, I, I wanted to visit you, but I gotta whack one out first before I kid, but I'm scared now. So he leaves, Emily dies, now everybody thinks he's like the run, he's like the, the killer of the town, kind of like how Eddie was on Stranger Things, yeah. Yeah, some relating right, it back to that. Right. He was like that kind of character, okay? Kind, and now he of. just gets caught and killed by Bob. All this guy yeah. wanted to do was fucking have sex with a blow-up doll, and look what he got. Well, yeah, that's good. That's a good point. So we don't, so we're kind of led to believe that Bob is sort of a, a problem, right? Like, because they kind of imply that he is sort of a sex offender. Kind of, but they don't ever say that. But it all he also could be like misunderstood too. Well, I thought he was just he's misunderstood. Like this, no, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe he's just misunderstood. He's actually a good guy. But yeah, he just but he I mean he looks he looks like a drug addict. He looks like a meth head. Yes. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So um, this but, and it's weird because this really didn't have a lot of follow up because after this we don't see Ross or Anna or any of these guys anymore. No, the whole point of this scene is so they can, so Fulci can show that drill going through the guy's head. Yes, that's why his character was put into place. It was yeah, for which blow up dolls great. and drills. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. If you think about it, Bob. Well, okay, so Bob does serve one purpose. So he keeps the people. He he gives the um he gives the people a fake villain. Like yep. he's supposed to be kind of like the red herring, sort of like he's like. Well, maybe all these are people are being killed by Bob, although he's never killed anybody before. And we only have hearsay about him and Anne in the woods. Um, but, you know, but it's, he's supposed to, the point of Bob, I think, is that he's supposed to be like, well, maybe Bob's doing the killing, according to, you know, to, at least to the townspeople. But yeah, so he, he really has nothing to do with the plot other than that, other than to be drilled through the head, which looked fantastic also, by yes. the way. So this is what we have. Sandra and Jared, they have now shown up to the funeral home and nobody's there because they want to figure out what's going on with this fucking dead lady hanging around them. So they're talking about like they can't find the Undertaker anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you can find him on Sunday nights on A&E. Oh, I knew that. Yeah, I knew that was good. That was good, huh? That was good. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even get paid for that one. There you go. So, <laughs> so now Sandra's like, okay, well, let's check the cemetery. No, no, Jerry's like, I guess Jerry's like, oh, let's take the cemetery. And then Sandra's like, I can't do cemeteries right now. I guess she couldn't, uh, I guess that scene, but she wasn't in her contract to do that scene. I guess not, yeah. <laughs> so they leave. So now uh, Mary and Pete, they read mm-hmm. the tombstone at the cemetery, the one I read at the beginning. 
And they're yes. like, oh, yeah, that, I guess we're in the right place. A, I guess that's some heavy <laughs> shit, so we're probably in the right place. And they're like, okay, what we need to do is, before the seance thing, we have to find the priest's grave, and we have to dug it up to stop everything from happening. Okay. For all st- and then because All Saints Day starts at midnight, everybody. Yeah, so it's taking them two days to get there. Yes. Apparently. And then, of course, Peter's track, uh, he does more jokes and shit. He, he, Peter didn't really get onto me as much as Jerry did. But anyway, so now Jerry, <laughs> he shows up at the fucking gravesite. And then uh, <laughs> Pete just goes, talks up to Jerry. Pete just goes up to him and says, Hey, uh, hey, sir, hey, do you know where like that father's grave tombstone is? He's like, why are you looking for the... Jerry's like, why are you looking for the tombstone? And then uh, Peter's like, oh, you wouldn't believe me, man. It's just some crazy stuff. And Jerry's like, huh. well, after the day I had today, I'll pretty much believe anything. <laughs> fucking Jerry. Damn it. Damn it, Jerry. Jerry. Fucking, uh. He's like, okay, well, check... Peter's like, all right, well, check this story out. <laughs> so they go into, like... Uh, I guess they go back to, uh, to, to Jerry's office or something. Okay. And they fucking, uh, they they basically tell, we don't see them, but they, they, uh, Peter and Mary have told Sandra and Jerry the whole story about Enoch, the devil priest, the city of hell, gates of everything. And they're all looking there like, uh, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> Luckily though, we don't have to sit through that again with yes. them explaining this whole, this whole story at one more time. Yes. Um, so, you know, then after nowhere, they're, they're trying to figure out stuff happening and then boom, this is when we get the whole maggot scene. They're all getting like attacked by maggots everywhere and shit. It looks crazy that maggots on their faces, maggots on everything. Yeah. Crazy Looked stuff. great. Phone rings and stuff. Um, Jerry picks it up. Um, and he's like, who is speaking? And then this is when he puts the phone down. He's like, he's like, John, John called. He said that Emily killed her. Her parents. Emily died days ago. Must be the living dead. It's like it's like there must be that fucking story you told me about that Enoch's book. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's, it's almost also, like that story's true. You know, you know what also too, you remember at the, the beginning where that 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 uh that seance high priestess mm-hmm. girl she was about to tell us who the real villain is? Yeah. Well she fucking never did. She never did. And we never she, see her. I again. wonder if she maybe it was Jerry the whole time. Maybe that's <laughs> <laughs> So now we have uh we're back at the uh, the John John's house and stuff. We see blood and there's like food out there and blood starts dripping from the ceiling and stuff. Um so they all show up to John John's house. Um they take John 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 away. Um the girls pretty much do. Um uh, so now Peter is now talking to Jerry and stuff, saying that we need to look for the grave of this priest to, 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 to get this all figured out. Let's go back to the funeral home. And they go back to the funeral We're back at the funeral home now. All the graves are empty. Uh, they all show up there. Uh, they tell Sandra, hey, Sandra, can you take John John and go back to my studio? And we're going to be uh, taking this over. And <laughs> the, rest of the, the rest of them are going to look around the funeral home. And no shit. This fucking music. Sound like some sort of fucking 1990s, maybe 93, 4, 5 RPG Nintendo music. Yeah, kind of. I mean, fucking. It's all, 
It's all those scent scores, but yeah, yes. that's what. I was like, yeah. this fucking sounds like some Chrono Trigger, Chrono Trigger <laughs> shit here. All right, I was like, Dan, this, this is like this is like some sort of like old Castlevania music that they were playing around here. It was great. It was it was kind of it just took me off guard, like the actual like RPG music that we had going on here. Mm. So they're looking Fantastic. at they're looking at all these like coffins. They're all empty and shit. They see and then of course there's like handprints on the fucking floor and shit. Um, this is when we have Sandra. Um, so we have uh, Sandra and uh, 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 Peter. They go upstairs. Oh, sorry. Hold on. So this is when we have Sandra and John. They're going to go upstairs and stuff. And before they can, the dead Emily grabs Sandra by the back of her head and rips her head off. And now Sandra is now dead. Yeah, this is where we hear the monkey sounds. Yes, this is where we get some monkey sounds and shit. For some reason. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, Is there like a zoo that's being attacked or something? (laughs) And of course, Emily has now mastered the priest's gimmick where she can now disappear. And teleport. Yes. So this is when um, the John now runs. He's like John John's running away, and there's all these like other like demons are showing up and trying to like corner him and stuff. And then eventually John John sees the dead Emily, and then of course John runs into Jerry. Jerry tells him, "Hey, go go that way and go to the police car." And he looks at Emily. And he's like, "I know I know how to beat this girl." I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to open them and she ain't going to be real. <laughs> and guess what? It happened. She vanished. It happened. So Jerry figured it out how to stop these demons. All you got to do is close your eyes and pop them open and, and they'll gone. be gone. Apparently. Apparently. I guess it didn't really work for him later, but we'll get that. <laughs> so now, so now we have a radio station uh, telling people to stay inside their houses and stuff. We're at the uh, the bartender, the the bartender guy. You know, we don't have Ross there. Just the bartender and the other guy is there. Um, they're like, you know, the guys like, you know, they all kind of they're getting kind of freaked out a little bit. And I try to write down the emergency number. All I got was eight two five eight eight one four. So maybe maybe there's not a zip code back in the day. So that's the number I got for call in case you need some help with your emergency. Set up. All right. So now the bar cleaner is closing the shop and everything. And this is when all the dead people, they have, they're, they're kind of like getting up from their tombs. Um, they start hearing some noises outside and dead Emily shows up. And this is when now the, so not only can these dead things, when they kill you, they get the back of your neck. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they eat you or not, but they can teleport. So they don't only vanish. But they can teleport from outside to inside without having to open doors. So they can tele- They have like that teleportation gimmick going on here too. Because they teleport within the bar. And they eventually attack the bartender. And they attack the guy that was in there. So, so now. Um, now we are back at the gravesite. We're hearing some more monkey sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry says he believes uh, the father is buried in the family tomb. All right, and all this stuff is happening, and we hear this noise, and of course, Mayor is like, "Guess what, guys? It's All Saints Day." So we yeah, have entered so now, All Saints Day. Yeah. So now it's taking us two whole days to get this far. <laughs> well, no, remember, no. Now it's midnight. 
But yes, the well, whole, right. The whole, so it just started, story, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 From the whole story, it's taking those two days to get here. Yeah. And of course, um, so now they're going to go to the uh, the. Fa- so Jerry, this whole time, knew where the fucking father's was buried, <laughs> and he had to wait for at least five scenes to get there. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Instead of just telling them. Yes. Fucking goddamn. Fucking Jerry. Goddamn Jerry. All right. So this is when you know their teleportation in the bar. They start killing everybody in the bar. Destroy them all. So Jerry goes into the tomb. All right. He goes down below. He sees some dead bodies. He gets a little freaked out. We see the tomb of F.R. William Thomas, 1936 to 1980. He opens the grave. Rat just goes straight to Mary, which I thought that was kind of yeah. funny. So, yeah. So, like, when I when I first saw this, like, uh, you know, they, they opened up the tomb. And then, like, I thought, oh, a bat flew out. But it was actually a rat that could rat, apparently yeah. fly. Like, it just flies across the room straight to Mary's, like, neck or whatever. Yeah, duh. This is what they do, man. They fly at you. Especially this I one. Guess I'm so. hungry. So Jerry and so they they want to open up the sea inside the grave. So Jerry and Pete open the grave, and when they open it, they notice that the other side is open. All right. Um. So they're like, okay, well, we gotta go in there now. So now this is like when we see the uh, um. We see that the some of the demons are now eating, the bartender guy. Mm-hmm. So now we have the whole crew. They're going inside the grave. There's like this little like whole like section through the grave that they're going through. It's like a whole like hidden area. Um, Mary fights off rats and skeletons. They both freak her out. Mary didn't really do a whole lot during this film. Did you notice that? Well, no, she's the one, her whole role in this movie is to, uh, well, to relate the story about the priest over and over again, but also yes. to get them to the, to the, to the town. Yeah. To the town. Yes. To, Other than yeah, that, she didn't really do Peter that much. To the town. Yeah, like she just right. got scared. I thought she was going to have some sort of magical powers or some shit like that. She didn't do yeah. nothing. She was getting scared of everything. Uh, Exactly. She she really I thought she was the first time I ever saw this, I thought that by the end of it she would be like the one that would like defeat the evil priest, but that yeah. didn't happen. Or do some sort of like eighties blue light magic and shit. No, she didn't do anything. Right. No. Nope. So they're going through there. She gets freaked out by the rats and the skeletons. Dead Sandra shows up. Mm-hmm. They're like, Sandra? Mm-hmm. Um, so she teleports and she grabs the back of all the people, Peter, she grabs the back of his fucking head and just kills him. So Peter's dead. Yeah. And then Mary starts freaking out and he's dead. So Peter, he, he, Tom Sullivan over here fucking didn't do anything. Yes. So, I thought Peter was going to be the hero of this story. Yes. I mean, that's too. what you're kind of led to believe. Yes. I was like, <laughs> that okay. doesn't happen. So then after all this stuff happens and we see like these rats and shit eat Peter's brains and shit. Sandra stares at Marcy, uh, Mary, sorry, Marcy, Mary. Sandra stares at, Sandra stares at Mary. Say that 10 times, 10 times fast. <laughs> and then her eyes start to bleed. Mary's eyes start to bleed. So Jerry does something. So <laughs> he grabs like a rock <laughs> and he fucking like smacks her a little bit. Sandra falls. Uh, Jerry sees uh, some dead bodies hanging from the ceiling. And they're like, oh fuck. So they have to like walk through them. So we have Jerry and we have Mary walking through these dead bodies and stuff. And then when they're doing that, we can see some of these like dead creatures raising up from the ground and stuff. We have the yeah. RPG music is playing heavily during this time as well, too. Oh, I felt like some sort oh, of yeah. Castlevania scene. <laughs> uh, Jerry, um, 
He looks like a ghost because he's like very like worried and shit. Um, so they find like a, like this little like area section where it's like um, it's like kind of like a like a special like it looks like I guess like a some sort of religious church section inside this s- structure. Yeah, this thing is huge. Apparently, like I didn't know yeah. tombs were this big. Yeah, but apparently either. there's like a whole like altar and a church and kind of thing area inside this tomb. Yes. Um. So when they're inside this tomb and stuff, um, they start you know staring at each other a little bit, and then they see all the dead coming from behind them. They're like, "Oh crap!" And then eventually, the vampire priest shows up. He looks at Mary. Mary's eye starts bleeding again. Mm-hmm. Jerry, you know what he does? He finds a perfectly oh, <laughs> Jerry finds a perfectly placed cross. And he takes the cross sharp. and sharp and he stabs the vampire priest. So right in the balls. So somehow Jerry has become uh, Richard Belmont and he has now found a perfectly placed cross to be right there, perfectly shaped to be uh, in this old cave that nobody's ever gone to for thousands and thousands of years. But he found a cross there perfectly where he's at and he got it at the great time and he stabs the vampire priest and now the vampire priest has blown up. And he's being destroyed, and all the zombies, they 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 fall, or actually they're not. They set on fire. My bad. They're not zombies. They're demons. My bad. The demons demons falls. They turn to fire, and they come into ash. Okay. So after this, we have some more RPG music. Yeah, Jerry saves the day after being a dumbass the whole movie. He ended up saving the day. I know. Of all people, how the fuck did he get away with all this shit? (laughs) So. Uh, so now, like, the cops are with John John because they, sh- they randomly show up to the grave for some reason. With, I guess John John was maybe, maybe John John brought him to the grave because, like, hey, my my new friends are out here. Yeah, because he doesn't know these people at all. Well, he knew he knew Jerry. Well, I mean, he, oh, well, that's true. He did know Jerry. I forgot. Jerry, I mean, he just, he just town, yeah, yeah, he just met Mary and Peter and all that shit. But basically, Jerry and, and Mary come up, and John John's looking super happy and everything. And he's like, oh, Mary, Jerry, and stuff. And, like, he starts running towards them. And, then, like, they just start, like, freaking out. And then everything ends weird. And what I took out of it was, so Jerry and Mary come up. They see John John. They're like, okay, we, we killed this. Did we kill? The seance thing is over. The Enoch book is done. I killed this vampire. I'm a hero now. I'm probably going to, like, see if I can bang this girl. So John John shows up. And now Jerry's thinking, oh, fuck. I probably have to adopt this little shit, don't I? <laughs> And then, and then Mary's just thinking like, oh, fuck, I don't really have a home to go to. That means I got to spend the rest of my life with this dick and this kid. Oh, fuck. So that's why I thought they were looking kind of like upset. Was I right? Uh, maybe. I mean, because we, we don't really find out why. So that's as good of an answer as any. Yes, that's what I think. Yeah, so they basically, they basically I had to watch this shit twice. Screaming. I had to watch it twice. I didn't know what was going on. It just ended. I was just like, okay, well, yeah. but was this kid a demon? Did they not want to adopt him? <laughs> like he was annoying, but I just didn't seem that bad. Yeah, because it's like there's just like they just all he's running toward them all happy, and then huh. like it shows them start they all they start screaming, and then it shows the kid and he's still running towards them, and then it just freeze frames, yeah. and then it kind of the screen just kind of crackles and it just fades to black, and that's the entire movie. Yeah. So what what, what so was it, the, what was the special thing about the ending we were supposed to know? So <clears throat> so there's a lot of speculation about this movie and about the ending of it. So the, for years and years, there's always been this. Um, rumor 
um, that they shot a different ending and that the the film was destroyed and that it couldn't be true. Um, and that could, they're saying that could be true, but, um, you know, it could be a true thing, but we don't really know for sure, but there was a different ending shot and we don't know what that ending was. So that, this is not the way the movie originally ended. Um, but for some reason, Fulci just didn't use the ending. Um, and he just decided to cut it right there for some, for some reason. We don't really know why. Yeah. Um, but it's just odd. Um, it just, it's just odd because there's also a weird uh, story about the ending of the beyond as well, but. We'll do that next week, but um, but yeah, it's really odd that um, that it has the ending that it does because it it doesn't it's it it literally looks like something is missing. Yeah, it does. It's like like like, like a scene's missing or like a plot twist was missing or something because he's looking super happy and he's running up to him and then they just get like super sad. So yeah, I mean, it, it's like yeah, it's really odd. It's almost like they saw more zombies or maybe John John is a zombie or whatever. Yeah. But um, but it's it's really weird. Um, it, it's just odd. Like it's just, I, I mean, I guess it's supposed to. Um, it's just supposed to de- deprive you of like a happy ending somehow. I guess. Um, but it's weird because it just like it like it just literally ends. Yeah. Just like this show right now, literally about to be ending, brother. Yeah. So everybody, that was City of the Living Dead here on the Retro Blood. Definitely something. You know, not a bad movie. It had a lot of good effects on the movie. Um, some of the character development was a little bit iffy. But, you know, we had some we had some good moments over here. You know, you know, the biggest thing I've always seen about, you know, so far about watching a couple Italian horror films is I'm there is one thing I was kind of surprised about. There was no mm-hmm. eye poking in this movie, which is very weird. No, that's true. So maybe that might be a Dario Argento gimmick. So, no, because there's eye there's eye poking in in Zombie Two, and there's there'll also be eye poking next week as well. In the okay. Beyond. Well, maybe maybe he maybe he didn't get the eye. Uh, maybe he forgot. Maybe maybe yeah. he he just used the drill press instead. Yes, that was supposed to be the. Maybe it got maybe the drill got close to the eye, uh, the temple or something. I don't know. So or maybe anyway. that's what was in the missing ending. Like they just yes. had uh, they had eye poking at the very end, and yes, they cut they lost it or something. So, obviously, the effects were very well done. Uh, the music's always fun. So, you know, definitely fun, a fun time watching this movie, everybody. I think you guys are going to get a kick out of it. Uh, so, definitely check it out. But, yes, like Allison's saying, next week here on the Retro Blood, we will be doing The Beyond. Yes. We're Stick around for that. Yes. We will be continuing our series of this Hellfire Month, everybody. It's going great so far. But, Allison... What should we leave the audience with today? Obviously, it's going to be off this Iron Maiden album. Hell yeah, hell Pieces yeah! It of is. Mind. What song would you like let's, to leave everybody out with? Let's uh, this this end the show with "Die with Your Boots On." Ooh, "Die with Your Boots On," just like our boy Bob yeah. did. He had some boots on when he got his fucking head drilled through a fucking <laughs> drill by <laughs> Ross, who fucking just probably got out of it scotch-free, and all fucking Bob wanted to do is have sex with that blow-up doll. So here's to you, Bob. Here's to die with your boots on. Cheers, Bob. Cheers, Bob. Have a good one. All right, everybody. Have a good one here from the Retro Blood. Jay Austin, James Kine. We'll catch you guys later. See you guys.